Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome back to our Growing in Faith podcast series. If you're new to this podcast, my name is Jordan Killinger from Rice Baptist Student Ministries, or BSM, and my co-leader Ella and I produce two podcasts every week, one on Thursdays and one on Saturdays, to uplift and encourage you all. This week, I'll be continuing our series called Growing in Faith, where we've taken a deep dive into John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, to see how it instructs us to grow in our faith. In our previous podcasts, we've talked about how we are branches connected to the living vine that is Christ, and we've learned why and how to abide in Him. If you haven't listened to them yet, I highly encourage you to go check out these previous two Growing in Faith podcasts. You can differentiate the podcasts according to their pictures and titles on Spotify. Meanwhile, Ella releases her podcast every Saturday, and she's doing a semester-long discussion on the stories from creation to Christ. They're great discussions of basic faith topics meant for college students, although listeners of any age will benefit. And they're perfect to listen to if you're unfamiliar with the Christian faith, new to it, or walking in it. So we hope you'll continue to tune in to these podcasts every Thursday and every Saturday. With that, let's begin our discussion of John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. I know I said last week that I'll be concluding our discussion of John this week. I mean, I have been discussing five verses each week so far. But y'all, there was just too much good stuff to talk about with these two verses alone. So I'm splitting up this final podcast into two parts. You can tune in next week to hear what will have what will likely be a conclusion to our discussion of growing in faith in John chapter 15. As always, I'll be reading this week from the ESV Bible, and you're welcome to read along with me in your physical or digital Bible. John says in John, or Jesus says in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. All right, so let's talk about these verses. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Last week, we discussed how deeply Jesus loves us and how it is perfectly encapsulated in the phrase of Romans 8 verse 13. Height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from his love. Praise be to God. And so we are called to do the same. We are called to love others in the way Jesus has loved us. This makes me think, what does loving others like Jesus look like? Firstly, loving like Jesus looks like forgiving others. Whenever I think about Jesus and the topic of forgiveness, one of the first passages that comes to my mind is when he heals the paralytic in Mark 2. There's a parallel account in Matthew as well. I think it's chapter 9. But anyways, the story is that Jesus is preaching at in this house that is at max capacity. This is like Harry Styles at the Toyota Center packed. <laughs> Okay, I don't think the house Jesus was in was that big, but still. Mark says there was no more room, not even at the door. This group of friends heard about Jesus' presence, and they decided that they would bring their paralyzed friend to go see Jesus, that he may be healed. 
Great friends, right? I mean, surround yourself with those kinds of friends who value you and do their best to help you and put your needs ahead of their own. We'll talk more about what the about those qualities later, but still, great friends, find yourself some. Um, so these friends bring the their paralyzed friend to go see Jesus, but they can't get in the house. It's too full. So they do what any logical, cool-headed, overflow fan would do. They all go up to the roof. <laughs> they then proceed to remove parts of the roof and lower their paralyzed friend down that he may see Jesus and that he may be healed. Mark says that when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there is a threefold significance to Jesus' statement of forgiveness here. Firstly, he forgave the man's sins. Jesus wiped this paralyzed man's slate clean. Without forgiveness of our sins through faith in Jesus, through confessing our sins to him, we will not be in heaven with him and be sentenced to an eternal torment in hell. This forgiveness is the most significant thing, the most powerful thing Jesus could have done through this encounter with this paralyzed man because these man's sins had eternal repercussions. Another layer of significance behind these words of forgiveness is that they spoke grace into a graceless situation. People in Jesus' day believed that if you had a physical ailment, such as being blind, deaf, paralyzed, or the like, you were being punished for your sins or for the sins of your parents. So physical ailments were a sign that you had done something wrong and now you were paying for it. However, Jesus' words of forgiveness is an act of grace, showing others that forgiveness is for this man too. No one is excluded. Moreover, Jesus outwardly refutes this cultural belief about sin at another point in his ministry. You can see this story in John 9. No one's inherent physical disabilities are the result of their sins or of the sins of their family members. Thirdly, Jesus' act of forgiveness shows his true authority as the one true God to those around him. He is fully God and fully man. Therefore, he can forgive sins. To emphasize his power, God heals, er, Jesus heals the paralyzed man, rewarding his friends and him for their faith. But what is significant here is that Jesus forgives his beloved people, just as we should forgive those around us. Now, this can be really hard, depending on who has hurt you and how. But if Jesus can love me, and forgives me for my sin and does the same for you. And this is the God-man who experienced the pain of our sins on the cross. Then we can try and forgive our fellow man for their sins, just as Jesus did for us. And if you're struggling with this forgiveness, go to God. Go to God and pray, Lord, you know I'm struggling to forgive this person. Lord, you know how hard it is this is for me. Help me to forgive them, great father. And then know that he will give you the strength to do it. One of my favorite verses of all time is Matthew 19, 26, where Jesus says, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. 
We can forgive those who hurt us, friends, those who caused the deepest sort of pain imaginable with the help of God by our side. If there is someone you have chosen not to forgive, whether it is too hard or the pain is too deep, know that nothing is impossible with God. You can and should forgive this individual. You can do it through God alone. If you haven't forgiven someone, I challenge you to do so now. Pray to God for for help, my friends, and forgive them. You don't necessarily have to go to them and say, hey, I forgive you for X. In fact, in certain circumstances, it may be wiser not to do so. But take some time right now and forgive them. And if you have forgiven everyone, reach out to God and ask for forgiveness for your sins as well. And thank him for the strength that he gave you to be able to forgive your friends. He will always grant you forgiveness. Jesus will always grant you forgiveness for no matter what you've done and will help you walk away from sin. Take some time to do that now with whatever it is you need to pray for. You can go ahead and pause this podcast and I'll be back here waiting for you when you're ready to keep listening. All right, welcome back, y'all. We're going to move on to the next way to love others like Jesus. And this way is something which encapsulates many individual individual ways to love someone. To love someone like Jesus, we need to put their needs ahead of our own. There are simpler examples of self-sacrificial love. Buying someone coffee just because, letting someone go ahead of you in line or pull out in front of you in traffic, throwing away the trash in your room so that your roommate doesn't have to do it, and more. There are also bigger versions of self-sacrificial love, like donating a kidney giving a portion of your income to a charity or a church, or spending a day that you could have used to finish all your homework comforting a hurting friend. The greatest kind of self-sacrificing love is what Jesus describes in John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, Generally, I don't think I'm the only one who has trouble putting others' needs ahead of their own. This is a hard thing to do because we're naturally, sinfully self-serving. Here's an example from my personal life that shows the impact of self-serving versus self-sacrificial love. I can't remember the exact occasion related to this story, but I remember one night when I was eight years old or so, my mom offered me some pie, and she asked me to pick between two slices. I think it must have been someone's birthday. (laughs) It may have even been my mom's. But anyways, my mom says that she'll take the slice that I don't pick. (laughs) Now, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but when it came to food, I always wanted the best-looking piece. I like to think I'm not as particular now, but... Honestly, to this day, I will still take that extra second in the servery line to grab whatever I think is the best looking piece of chicken, crispiest piece of fish, tastiest looking piece of fruit, whatever. I even save the best pe- the best looking piece of food on my plate to eat for last. I might be a little, little neurotic, but <laughs> anyhow, my mom offers me these two slices of pie and I pick what I think 
looks like the most perfect slice. I don't know why I thought this when I did, or honestly, maybe this is just something I remember so that the Holy Spirit is guiding me to tell you this right now. But um, at that moment, it occurred to me, my mom could pick this same perfect slice of pie and let me have the other one, the not so perfect one. She could want the same piece of pie as I do, and yet she chooses to let me have a choice. I remember being in awe just about thinking, wow, mom could let me take that piece of food that she could want as much as I do, and she still lets me take it. She puts me and my desires ahead of her own, and those desires could be just as strong as mine, and yet she sacrifices them for me. Mom, if you're listening to this, I love you dearly. Thank you for this inconspicuous but deeply meaningful example to me about what self-sacrificing love looks like. Self-sacrificing love looks like desiring something desperately and letting someone else have it. Or it's giving it to someone rather than keeping it for yourself. I like to think I'm blessed with a wonderful mother, but Jesus is the person who provided the best exhibit of this self-sacrificing love through his death on the cross. As we talked about last week, our disobeying of God's commandments merits our death. If there is anyone who deserved not to die due to their sins, it was Jesus. He was wholly perfect, never sinning once in his thoughts, in his words, or in his deeds. Jesus, in his 33 years of life here on earth, never sinned. And he gave his perfection away to us, to those he died for on the cross, through our faith in him as our Lord and Savior. Jesus traded what he earned, what he deserved, perfection, life everlasting, and gave it to the very people whose sins caused him to die on that cross. God loved us so much that he would send his son to die a horrible, terrible death on a cross and then rise again for us. Jesus loved his father so much and loved us so much that he would do this willingly. And the thing is, Jesus died for that person who is really hard for you to love. He asked us to lay down our own desires, our own pain, and our own means to love those like he loves us desperately. It's not going to be easy for us, friends, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Jesus laid down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for us. I challenge myself and I challenge you to love others self-sacrificially, just like Jesus loves us. All right, our final example today for how to love others like Jesus is to pray for them. This one may seem simple, and yeah, it kind of is, but I know it can also be hard to pray for those who hurt us or for those around us. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, this is a very radical request. I don't think you don't have to be a Christian to see that. Paul also says in Romans 12 to bless those who persecute you. Again, this kind of prayer 
is actually a form of self-sacrificial love. You're praying for those who hurt you when they may not deserve it. You can pray for those who hurt you to receive the blessing that is knowing Christ and that they no longer hurt others and that they learn to love others like Jesus as you try to do. If you're struggling to pray for that person who has hurt you, I challenge you to pause this podcast right now and pray for them. All right. Great job, you all. Praise be to God for this glorious gift that we can bring our petitions directly to him and willingly share with him our thoughts, pains, and desires. So yes, we should love our enemies, praying for them and treating them as we would want to be treated with kindness and respect and the love of Jesus and pray for those who persecute us. Now, this request of Jesus doesn't prevent us from also praying for those we love. He himself prays for his friends, his disciples in John 17. It's a beautiful prayer, and I highly encourage you to look it up later. In this prayer, Jesus prays for his disciples, whom God has given to him. He prays for them to be strengthened and sanctified in his word and be kept from Satan and his, and his temptation. Jesus also prays for those who will become believers through the words of his disciples. In the same way Jesus prayed for his friends, we should continue to pray for ours. If our friends are dealing with any hardships, pray for God to give them the strength and the wisdom to get through it. Or if they're seemingly floating on cloud nine, praise be to God for his blessings. Praying for our friends not only strengthens them, but it also strengthens your relationship with God Almighty, who is forever and always God, and which is forever and always a wonderful thing to pray for him. So that's it for today, everyone. Again, we talked about John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13, and we learned how we can love like Jesus. We can love others like Jesus through forgiving them in the same way Jesus modeled through his forgiving of the paralyzed man. We can also love others through putting their needs and desires ahead of our own, sacrificing our own desires for theirs. Lastly, we can love others like Jesus by praying for them, just as Jesus did for others. Like I said before, forgiving, praying for, and acting in a self-sacrificial way towards someone who hurt you is hard. I know I personally struggle with these things myself, but I encourage you to bring your hardships to God and to ask for strength to love these people as he does. He died and rose again for these people too. Pray to God for such strength and peace and desire and trust that he will give them to you and trust that he will guide you all along the way. Thank you all for listening today and I pray that you have learned and been encouraged by this podcast. Please keep tuning in as we finish this series of Growing in Faith next week and move on to our new series, Finding Our Purpose. Please also let us know if you have any feedback for us. Ella and I want to discuss and incorporate any ideas that y'all have, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us, either in person, on campus somewhere, or via email. And with that, I'll close this podcast. Thank you all again for tuning in, and I look forward to being with you all again next Thursday. Always know that you are loved dearly, friends, by us and by God. See you next week and God's blessings to you as you go throughout this day. Goodbye.